good to have you back. Kind of an update. They just went to the fourth quarter. Division three, Grafton right now, trying to punch it in. Trailing Rice Lake at 20 to 14. They just picked up, I believe, the first down, but they are uh, inside the five-yard line of Rice Lake, trying to punch it in, and then with the PAT, it would give them a one-point advantage if, indeed, they can do so. 11.07 left to go in the fourth there. So, uh, that being said, going back to the uh, subject of the Green Bay Packers, and we were talking about the talent. And, I mean, I think it's a legitimate conversation. Eric Eager talked about it when he was doing his, you know, drafting podcast. We just got done with uh, Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com who was talking about kind of, you know, a team filled with a lot of guys. Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast now joining us on the hotline as well. Andy, how you doing today? Hey, Bill, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Good sign. Jair's practicing again today, so maybe they'll get him back this weekend, huh? Yeah, they could definitely use him. Obviously, that Chargers offense is literally supercharged with Herbert and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and all those guys, and they can put up points on just about anyone. So um, hopefully not only is Jair back, but hopefully he's playing – closer to the uh, all-pro Jair that we know and love from uh, a couple years ago. But uh, either way, getting him back and maybe not having to rely so much on uh, Corey Ballantyne and uh, Carrington Ballantyne would be super advantageous for the Packers. So I, I was talking a little bit earlier, and I said, let, let's, let's talk about the question of, because this team has not offensively been able to score more than 20 points consistently. So yeah. if you go back to that Falcons game, they lost by a point. Uh, they won by a point over the Saints. Uh, they got drilled by the Lions. We all know that. But they lost 17-13 to the Raiders, 19-17 to the Broncos, 24-10 to the Vikings, uh, and they knocked Kirk Cousins out of that game. The Rams, uh, they got a win, and then the Steelers, they lose by four points. Is this team this close to being good, or is this team just that bad? A little bit of both, always somewhere in the middle, right? I think, first of all, outside of the Detroit Lions, not a lot of stellar opponents within that group. I know the Vikings are playing better as of late, but um, I think overall you had a lot of winnable games in there and you didn't play a lot of winnable football. I think these past couple weeks, even just the Steelers game, I think is a perfect example of a little bit more of kind of what we expected out of this team, a team that could be competitive, a team that could go on the road against a, a winning Steelers football team. However good we want to put them on a pedestal is uh, probably up for debate, but uh, ultimately, you go into Pittsburgh, you're super competitive, you show signs on offense, you have some of those young rookie mistakes that happen from time to time, but it's a good football game and you can kind of get behind that sort of effort. I don't think that's necessarily been the case all season long, and I think this team is still finding ways sort of to beat itself. Uh, even going back to the Rams and then this past week uh, against the Steelers, you, I think you saw on offense some of the potential and some of the playmaking. You finally get Luke Musgrave involved, Dontavian Wicks is coming along, Jaden Reed. You see that. This game felt better because you had the yardage and um, some production down the field that they hadn't had in the past, but they just kind of found ways to beat themselves in different ways instead of the three and outs and the massive, you know, five-yard loss runs that you continue to have in previous games, which put you behind the sticks. This game, you move the ball, but you get inside the 20-yard line and you can't do anything with it. You have missed extra points, interceptions in the red zone, those sort of plays. And against the Rams, it was the two big fumbles by Jones and Wicks and then two bizarro offensive offsides penalties. So um, it doesn't absolve the mistakes. You still want to see that point production at the end of it. Like I said, I think there are positive takeaways here, but this is still a young team that's not playing great football. And as kind of you were mentioning at the onset, talking with uh, those other two guys, Eager and Dunn, I think this team is a team that still lacks high-end talent, and until they get some of that, I think it's going to be this kind of grind week in and week out for this team. So this is what we were talking about earlier today. You're bringing me right into it. You know, you look at uh, this year's draft aside, 
You start to go through the first few years of Gutekind's draft. You got Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, Jair after the first two years. And then you really you're kind of waiting to see what 2020 is going to be if Jordan Love actually pans out or not. But I, I've been asking this for weeks. Where are the playmakers? Where are the guys? You don't have a Bosa. You don't have a Micah Parsons. You don't have a Kittle. You don't have a Debo Samuel. You don't have a, a Jamar Chase. You, you don't have that. So yeah. I, I guess the question is, do you really, you know, you go from the field and the coaching, which everybody wants to complain about, do you start to look upstairs and go, what are you doing? Yeah, again, I think it's a little bit of both, right? If you're going to go draft and develop and you're going to develop, you know, want to draft these prospects that you can develop into big-time players, then you need to see that development. So it's one of two things, right? Either you're not putting the, you know, the, the ROI in the right guys, you're not putting, you know, spending the first-round picks and the second-round picks on the right guys that you're supposed to, or the coaches aren't developing them the way that they need to. Again, I do think there's a little bit of both, but this is a game that's won by high-end players, the guys that you just mentioned, obviously big-time quarterbacks, but uh, whether it's Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kills, like you have to have – some big time players you go back to the 2010 and the 96 Packers team like there are a handful of guys that are playing at the absolute top of their game and, and were as good as any player in the league at their respective positions Green Bay right now if you were to do like all pro voting I don't think there's a there's I know there's not a single Green Bay that Packer that's getting a vote in an all pro category if, they, no. if you're doing pro bowl voting I don't think there's a single Packer that would be elected to the old-fashioned Pro Bowl. I mean, I think Rashawn Gary and Zach Tom are having nice years. Rashawn Gary started with a pitch count, um, obviously because teams are like able to double and even triple team him at times and kind of take him out of the game, and there's nobody else that can beat them on defense. He's kind of getting taken out of games, and you're not seeing – sort of the explosive production, not to mention we are in a golden age of edge rushers where there's still like eight or 10 guys that are probably just a little bit better than him right now. There's just not that top, top tier talent on this team. I was talking to uh, Sam Monson of PFF and we, I was just going through and looking and obviously PFF's not perfect and there's you know flaws in it and everything. But if you look at like their grades and like which Packers are in the top 10 of their respective positions, they don't have a single player in the top 10. They only have three players in the top five. Rashawn Gary, Zach Tom, and the punter, Daniel Whalen. It needs to be better and until they start seeing that top-end talent. Like I said, it's going to be a grind week in and week out. So you look at where this team is at. You saw a little bit of progress offensively in the contest against the Steelers. It gave you a little bit of hope. Uh, and I said, look, I mean, you could kind of coin flip some of these games coming up. But if you're going to have any kind of positivity, especially in this run, it's almost like you got to play well. I don't know if you need to win, but you got to play well and you got to show something in this game upcoming on Sunday because after that, you could get punched in the mouth on Thanksgiving Day. You got Kansas City coming to town after that. I mean, it could get real ugly real fast if you lose this game in ugly fashion at Lambeau. Yeah, I think so too. And I think how the, this team plays these next three weeks and then how they respond if they do win the, or lose these next three weeks is going to be really interesting to kind of see and how it plays out. Um, this is probably, like you said, their their only opportunity maybe to win in the next three weeks. You never know what happens in the NFL, but at Detroit on a short week is going to be really, really tough. And then anytime you're facing Mahomes and the Chiefs is going to be really difficult as well. So if you don't get this one, you're probably looking at 0-3 through these three weeks, and you're looking at what, uh, one win in eight weeks overall, uh, a four-game losing streak, and then a win against the Rams, and then another uh, four-game losing streak, so one in nine, uh, or what, sorry, one in eight and nine weeks, excuse me, and, and it's just not good enough, and those are like questions that are going to have to be asked. They're going to have to see how they respond to that, and I just want to see how this, like, does this team 
quit at any point? Do they keep battling week in and week out? Does Green Bay make any changes within the roster with the coaching staff, coordinators? Uh, you go one and eight in a nine-week stretch, and, and things start to get pretty ugly pretty fast. And I think that's what this team is facing if they can't pick up a win this week against the Chargers. So uh, Mike Clemens comes on all the time, as you know, and Mike said, you know, hey, Goody's going to sit down with his guys right during the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. They're going to start to evaluate the talent, who's going to be here, who's not, and going into next season. So my question is, and we've talked about this numerous times throughout the season, do you know what you have right now in Jordan Love? I don't think so, and I think that's what's going to be the important thing through the remainder of the season, wins, losses, or anything else. The last thing that you ever want is to get that evaluation wrong. The one thing you cannot have happen is you decide, hey, Jordan's not our guy, and you let him go, and he goes and tears it up somewhere else uh, in another system with another team. So you have to make sure you nail that evaluation. And I think the nice thing is you still have next year with him under contract, with a cheap contract, and you can go that direction if you want to. If you're not 100% sold one way or the other, you don't have to do this crazy massive extension. You can let next year play out. You still have franchise tags to use after that if you would absolutely need to, and all of a sudden he tore it up. So I don't think you're completely under the gun. At the same time, when you do start losing games and things start getting a little bit more um, you know, heated under the hot seat for sometimes a GM and a head coach, you start wanting to obviously pick up wins, and you have to start evaluating things and kind of giving yourself outs. And if Jordan doesn't play well the remainder of this year, wouldn't it shock me if Green Bay took a quarterback in the draft? Just you know, not too dissimilar. I know it's a little bit different situation, but when they, uh, you know, when the Packers took Brian Brown in the second round, that was obviously an Aaron's first year, and obviously the Brian Brown pick did not work out. But GMs love giving themselves outs and just different opportunities in case things happen. And I think if things don't go well the remainder of this year, I think they would probably find somebody to at least have a lottery ticket, maybe give themselves an out going forward. Um, if he plays great, obviously, then that's amazing, and you can go in that other direction and maybe even have start having those contract discussions moving forward. But the biggest thing the remainder of this season is not anything in the win-loss column. It's nailing that Jordan Love evaluation, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, and just knowing what you need to do moving forward based on how he plays the remainder of this year. My biggest fear is that they traded up to get this guy. They're going to give him all the rope in the world to kind of either – you know, make something of himself or hang himself. But I, I just can't think two words, Mitch Trubisky, where they traded up, they got him, they believed in him. And for four years, they toiled away in an anonymity because they just refused to believe he wasn't the guy. And I just don't want to see that happen in Green Bay. So on one hand, if you want to, if he goes somewhere else and he tears it up, you'll kill yourself. I get that. But if you yep. go the next, say, two years with this guy and he's not the guy and he's just very average at best, not that he's terrible, but just that he's very average, you, it takes a long time to build your franchise back up after that. I mean, there's a lot riding on that this year. It does, and that's why the, just this remaining period and this evaluation is by far and away the biggest thing for the Packers. And I'll give one other name that I think is even worse than Mitch Trubisky. I'll, I'll say Daniel Jones, and it's that not too. so much even the fact that Daniel Jones is just you know didn't end up as a great player. He didn't end up as a great player, and they gave him a massive, huge, guaranteed contract. If you want to look at a worst-case scenario, the worst-case scenario is you decide to move forward with him, give him a huge guaranteed contract for multiple seasons, and then he flames out after that. And I, I don't think that's going to happen with Jordan for a variety of reasons, but at this, like, that's why this part of the season and why this evaluation is so important because you don't want to end up in either of those extreme scenarios where he's playing amazing for another team or he's locked up in a huge contract for you and he's not playing well at all. What do you want to see out of this team as we move forward? By the way, we're talking with Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast. You can find his stuff there. 
and at Andy Herman NFL over on Twitter. But what do you want to see evaluation-wise out of this team moving forward? I mean, like you said, it's a, it's a really tough three-game stretch that you got to see something because you're testing yourself against teams that are vying for the top spot or vying for postseason. So you want to see where you measure up. But what do you want to see moving forward out of this team? It's it's simple, it's stupid, it's lame, it's cliche, but it's just signs of growth and signs of progress. And again, this past week was, I think, such a great example of that. But you saw an improved deep ball out of Jordan Love and maybe a potential sign of progress there. Saw Jaden Reed making multiple explosive plays. They're finally connecting with Luke Musgrave on two deep balls down the field, which hadn't been something they were able to connect on too much earlier in the season. I know it was just one play, but the way that they blocked up that 40-yard run for A.J. Dillon, and I thought the run game against the Rams was much, much better. You know, defensively, we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot, but there will be players like Quay Walker, Carl Brooks, some of those guys that have flashed from time to time. Can you continue to see signs of progress there? A couple weeks ago, Carrington Valentine had an amazing game. Can he start to stack success and look like he could be a viable starter for you down the road? Anthony Johnson Jr. is going to get the start in all likelihood at safety with Rudy Ford not practicing today. How does he look? Does he look like he can be a starter? Anthony Johnson Jr. and Zane Anderson are your only safeties under contract going into next season. So if you could identify Anthony Johnson as a potential starter, that's a sign of growth and progress. So it's just little things like that. Again, it's probably not going to be things that show up a ton in the win-loss column, but if those things can continue to progress and you can see a little bit of proof of concept moving forward, I think that at least helps you to say like, all right, I can see the vision. I can see how they could be successful down the road, but you need to continue to see those signs. Josiah DeGuar, tell me why he uh, is holding a roster spot. I, I don't know. I, and I, I hate to like kind of sound that crass, but uh, this is his fourth season. He's not under contract next year. He's not playing well on special teams. He's not a good fullback. He's not a good H-back. He's not a good tight end. He's not a good blocker. He's not a good pass catcher. He's not an explosive playmaker after the catch. His snaps on offense have basically gone down to about five to six snaps per game. Um, there's not much left at that point. If you want him to be a fullback, I would probably rather just bring up Henry Pearson from the, the practice squad and let him just be a fullback because he's a better peer fullback. If you want him as a tight end, I would rather have any of the guys, Tucker Kraft, Ben Sims, Luke Musgrave, in there at tight end. If you want to peer mm-hmm. special teams guys, there are other guys on the practice squad that are better special teams guys. So I, I don't know. I don't get it. And uh, it's a little bit confusing at this point. I completely agree with you. I, and I don't know why they hang on to him. I, th- that's what's most confusing because if guys aren't getting it done, they've shown the propensity to say, hey, we're going to cut you or they'll bring you back, practice squad, whatever. But they just they just keep him there. They just hang on to him. And, and he, like you said, he's really not adding anything to this team. I, I get why they drafted him because they were kind of hoping that he would be kind of a Swiss Army I mean, I fear the roster, but that that's not the way it's working. So other than wearing a helmet, what's he doing? Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. No doubt. Uh, always good, Andy. I certainly appreciate the perspective, and we'll talk again real soon, okay? Appreciate it, Bill. Have a great weekend. All right, buddy, you too. There you go. Andy Herman, Pack of Day Podcast, joining us. I hate to sound crass. I mean, he's, he's a lot kinder about it than I am. That's not crass. That's honest. Like, What's he doing? What role does he play? I don't I don't even know if Matt LaFleur could tell you with a straight face. So don't know. Don't know. Don't know what he adds. Uh 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. Uh don't forget if you're out and about, you know where to go. Come on. Gas prices are dropping. You're stopping in. You're looking around. You're going, oh, that ain't too bad. Yesterday was pretty cool. Quick Trip sent me uh, coupons on my app, and they said, here's all the things 
that you can get via coupons right now if you choose to do so. And then I looked at my points. I got a free cheeseburger coming my way, so I was kind of happy about that. But uh, there's so many different things that they've got right now where you can go in and pick something up, whether it's you know a little bit less pain at the pump, 10, 15 cents off, or you can get some deals right now on some of the take-home meals, on uh, also some of the hot foods that they have, some of the stuff that they produce. Milk has been on sale. Bread has been on sale. You've seen some of the Nature's, uh, Nature's Touch stuff that's been on sale. Great stuff. There's always something good over a quick trip. And don't forget, you can also get registered to win a brand-new Chevy Colorado pickup truck from the Packers and from Quick Trip. Good stuff there as well. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details on Lorenzo 30, 2023. 